0: Hello, in 1980, Robert Redford founded the Sundance Institute in order to provide a workshop to encourage and develop independent filmmaking in America.
1: Sundance was initially set up to protect the canyon. I could see the development was becoming rampant, so I
0: decided to buy up land to protect the land that was going to be around myself and my family. And that led to the acquisition of Sundance at large, which is 4,000 acres and really constitutes this uh, a work place for development, for development of skills of independent filmmakers so their product could get better. This is Park City Spoilers. This is
1: Spoilers.
0: Woo-hoo. I don't know. I didn't really have an intro. Uh, spoilers at Sundance? <laughs> Park City Josh? Something like that. You were there. I wasn't there. How was Sundance 2023?
1: Representing spoilers, right? hi this is josh from goshen i went to sundance i had the honor and privilege of going there for my job kind of a conference we were attending that's adjacent to sundance called wind rider and then also just like as professional development we're there for like two full days that we were like really in the city with tickets and we got to see five feature films a handful of short films too but I texted you afterwards and was like, I saw some pretty amazing movies, do you want to talk about it?
0: And I said, absolutely. We're gonna... Uh, this is Pappy, recorded from Kalamazoo, like the Primus song. I think we're, we talked about this a little bit, we're gonna get into spoiler spoilers for some of these but since there's not a way to see it, we're gonna tread a little lightly. So I'll just queue up the movie and then ask what your thoughts were for it and I have six on my list so maybe one of these was a short. Um but let's start with landscape with invisible hand i didn't i wasn't able to find a trailer for any of these so i have no context for this one
1: uh, what was it about so that's based on a sci-fi book by mt anderson and essentially it's about an alien takeover of earth but it's not like a violent takeover it's like an economic takeover hmm Basically, the deals and the goods and the production that the aliens can provide, um, the first humans that kind of jump on those handshake deals, become part of the new upper crust of humanity.
0: Is it like crypto? Are these crypto, bro? Aliens? Is that what you're saying? They're selling NFTs? Uh,
1: I didn't, I didn't think of crypto, but no, they can just like, they can print meat in a lab. Oh, so. Regular meat is still available and rare and like really expensive, but the printed off meat is just as delicious and way more profitable. So think about just like any item, any food thing, the aliens can like, it's almost like they can 3D print anything (laughs) to a great extent or something. The
0: aliens power is just incredible margins on everything. (laughs) They're able to (laughs) (laughs) do.
1: Yes. (laughs) one thing one cool little detail is the aliens are kind of like little coffee table shaped things and their language is all about slapping and rubbing their hands together they don't Do have you see them. the aliens yeah yeah, yeah. Hmm. you see them quite a bit and they have the opposite of Pat pans. So they're not greasy or wet <laughs> that just slide. They like grate against each other. So it's like
0: so much traction.
1: Yes, exactly. <laughs> they do these like really quick sign language things, but it's actually the noise that it's making that's speaking. So yeah, there's some pretty interesting things in this movie for sure. Looking at the cast here, it uh, looks
0: like a pretty young cast. Plus, Tiffany Haddish, she's a pretty big star. Um, how was the cast overall? Was it. I guess like what and what is the age for this? Because like with kids, is this like a PG thirteen type deal?
1: PG thirteen plus. I don't know what they're gonna rate this. Honestly, it's kind of between that and an R. Hmm. Um, Asante Black, he was getting a lot of praise at Sundance, and I will say this little this little blip with Tiffany Haddish is probably like the most uh, famous thing that I actually saw at Sundance. Because at the very beginning of our Q and A, she was there along with um, the director and a bunch of the cast. And some guy in the audience, he stood up and he was like, Well, just to warn you, I have a little bit of a provocative question. And he like (laughs) twirls his Uh neck beard a few times. (laughs) And he's, and he's like, don't, something like, don't you think the exploit exploitation in the movie is a lot how Sundance exploits its filmmakers and artists? or something like that and the producer there's kind of a groan in the audience <laughs> this and the producers started raising their mics like really slowly kind of looking at each other to see who'd answer but then um much to everyone's pleasant surprise tiffany yeah <laughs> rose her mic up the quickest she quick out quick drew everyone and basically had a great little speech about how this was a vision put together by a bunch of collaborators and she couldn't be like more proud to work with the team. So it was very much like a sit down and shut up moment. That was fun. Um, yeah. Everyone
0: on that stage, but I feel compelled to ask a kind of provocative question. So I hope that's okay. Um, I'm curious. It's mainly for the producers and also for the Sundance programming team. But if uh, if you all find found it ironic that you uh, have a film that's about exploiting young artists um, and also a studio financing having its world premiere at an indie film festival uh, from an established director, but uh,
1: yeah. And I feel like it's very clear, like he's up for what he believed in. And I think that's what every artist should do. Like if someone's trying to take your, your content, which I, you know, I, I had an experience with
0: that. I didn't have any control, right? And once you speak up, and it shows that he spoke
1: up and he, he took control of his narrative. He said, I'm not gonna allow this. I'm out, I can't do this. And I feel like that's what every artist should do. When you feel like someone is trying to take your words, take your art. Twisted.
0: If you can't do it the way you want to, and if you can't collaborate, then you gotta
1: walk away. And, and and Pappy, as you could guess, I told the people I went with, like, these Q&As at Sundance are probably the coolest part about them, but they're also a part where the questions become a little bit of a pissing contest. Like, who can mm. say the smartest question who can give the most personal anecdotes um, kind of (laughs) in the midst of telling their question, I guess. Uh, It can get pretty bad.
0: Does the question go like, as a blank, I saw this in blank, like that type of question, like putting their own personal experience, lived experience on it or is it more of just like name dropping? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) A little bit. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. So, this was directed, real quick by Corey Finley who also directed a movie that I really liked uh the audience might be familiar with it Thoroughbreds it was like an early Anya Taylor Joy movie and that movie was like really dark but also really funny so I yeah I might want to check this one out it was landscape with invisible hand
1: um it seems like like there's a word missing in there right with
0: yeah it should be like the landscape with like with an invisible
1: hand or something yeah
0: I don't, uh, yeah, that might harm it in the box office. But next up on your list, you had theater camp.
1: <laughs> These tears are completely unrelated to you, they have nothing to do with you. They're fake. I just fabricated them. I'm going to show you how to do that right now.
0: So, I was kind of familiar with this one. Um, Ben Platt is a pretty big star. He was in um, Pitch Perfect. I think he was Evan Hansen in the Dear Evan Hansen uh, movie or show. I don't know which one. Um, But there was also a short that came out, I think, five or so years ago. And I was watching a little bit of the short recently. And it was pretty funny on YouTube. Um, Did
1: you enjoy theater camp? I loved Theater Camp. Um, Ooh. I thought it might have been my favorite movie in, in the group for a while. As much as I love weird and sci-fi and dark stuff, and we'll get to more of that later. Man, this made me laugh so much. Did you check out the uh, the showtime I had for this one?
0: Um, This looks like you saw it at 5.55 p.m.? Wait no, sorry. 11.55 p.m. to 3 a.m. Yes. That's mountain
1: time. (laughs) That's late. (laughs) Yeah. later
0: than we record spoilers.
1: (laughs) It's not quite a two-hour movie, so it didn't go to 3 a.m. mountain time, but it was the latest movie we saw. Actually, there's part of our group that didn't attend because they were kind of jet-lagged and just weren't able to make it. (gasps) But those of us... Yeah, but those of us who did didn't get a QA. the director uh molly gordon s- stepped out and said something quickly to us right at the beginning and then we just watched the show and laughed our asses off um i really liked it it kind of reminded me of south park level writing where there's like musical and things come full circle and there's jokes in between and layered on and ones that like add up along the way too hmm.
0: i want to also institute a little award our own palm de josh uh if we get to your favorite of these let us know um was either uh invisible hand or theater camp your favorite so far of the whole thing
1: theater camp i think ended up being my second favorite oh all right do you want to know Uh, about any of the characters specifically i would love to tease out a couple of the really cool details in some of these movies, but...
0: Yeah, well, uh, in Theater Camp, from what I saw from the short, it looked like... And I like I said, I I skimmed through. I didn't watch it. It was kind of disjointed, the short. It seemed like a lot of little skits, but it seemed like there was, like, one good Theater Camp teacher and, like, a lot of, like, self-obsessed Theater Camp teachers, and that was a lot of, like, (laughs) the comedy, like, almost a little bit like The Office. Um, Was that... Is that sort of... Is it just more (laughs) of that in... The feature
1: uh no i think there's a lot of competent teachers i think more so i would say on the flip side there's one uh his name is troy his character name is played by jimmy tatro he is the most dysfunctional doesn't know anything about theater he's like the fish out of water and he's running the camp because his mom who's played by Amos Sedaris with like old makeup on <laughs> his mom has like a stroke and is in a coma for the movie. So it is a coma movie. We got that going for you right off the bat. There's someone in a coma for a long period of time and Troy comes in and he's just like, uh, he's kind of all about that thug life. One of the kids, um, has this moment on stage during tryouts where they embarrassingly, sing Post Malone, and everyone is like, oh, boy, this guy doesn't get it. But Troy, like, starts dancing and singing along with him and, like, doing the beat, and it's really funny.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So is it just a straight comedy for the most part? Is there any singing? Is it a musical comedy or, or just comedic? Oh,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, you know, they're kind of writing the final musical the whole time, so you kind of get tidbits here and there but um a lot of the characters sing just in general some of them Mm. sing seem like they sing more than they talk even
0: does it um this you have no idea like when these will be released right like that's not part of anything that you learn from sundance you kind of just see the
1: the movie correct but i do believe this got picked up for like eight million dollars right at the beginning of sundance Mm. that's the thing it's like i feel
0: like something like this is like There's such a pent-up demand of theater kids wanting to see movies. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like this is going to do gangbusters at the box office. This movie also
1: is like hugely LGBTQ centric in kind of the most amazing and best way possible. Really appreciated it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. If you go to their IMDb, you point this out to me, but it's the the actors singing like gay, 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 gay. (laughs) Yeah, that's the very first thing they say. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and Ben Platt, or Ben Platt's YouTube, he's got like a few like songs that he sung on here with like seven, eight, nine million YouTube video views. So, like, I feel like there's this like whole world of like, I don't know, pent-up theater kid demand for this movie. I, I bet it's going to be pretty big. Um, I couldn't find much though on the next one that you saw. It looks like the next day, got to sleep in a little bit,
1: 2.15 p.m., The Eternal Memory. Did you see that one? We ended up swapping that out. Oh, um, for Scrapper? The eternal memory is this really sad look at people suffering from Alzheimer's. Ooh. And yeah. we kind of just weren't feeling that. And we saw the Scrapper movie playing at the Egyptian in downtown Park City. And we decided to give that a go instead.
0: Okay. Well, let's, let's take a step back real quick before we get into Scrapper. I didn't know... Sure. There, there's multiple venues when you're at Sundance. Like, what is this actually like? Are you taking Ubers in between different theaters? Mm. Like, what is your, like, process as a representative of spoilers? That's what said on your credentials, seeing all these movies.
1: No, it didn't. <laughs> and I will not claim that spoilers helped in any way with the trip. <laughs>
0: spoilers at Sundance, baby.
1: <laughs> um, <clears throat> for us, we're part of a larger conference and group, like I said. So, we kind of put out. 10 or 12 movies we hoped to get and then we ended up getting um kind of just random tickets and it also depended on what days we were actually going to be there in town you know like we were only there for i think days like 3 and 4 and the way the theaters work and maybe this will help answer your question the best way is just think of like any small town like Goshen Indiana right we have Linway 14 or whatever and so mm-hmm. like Park City has its own like kind of linway near the outlet mall and so that has like four screens that are dedicated to sundance and then they have like a small theater downtown like we have the goshen theater downtown they have the egyptian and so it's a little Mm -hmm. bit smaller but it's like classic and then they have a couple schools there's the biggest one i think is the eccles auditorium or the eccles center and so Mm -hmm. It's a huge auditorium, and the sound is amazing in there. I actually saw two of the movies there, including Landscape with Invisible Hand. And I feel like they have a lot of premieres there, and there's another school location, and there's a couple churches that they convert auditoriums. So overall, I think there's something like 14 different screening theaters. And like you said, it's they're not all within walking distance. So you either got a rental car, or you're Ubering, or you're catching a ride some way, somehow. But... You you want to get there early because there's usually a line. You wanna get seats, you wanna get seats by people you're with. And then also there's a QA at the end. So you're gonna be staying like past the credits and Mm. then tons of applause. Be ready to like clap your ass off. Kinda got sick of (laughs) like applausing every like five seconds, to be honest. But
0: like standing ovations for each of the movies, making everyone feel good about it. Are snacks a thing? Do are are people you mentioned like one of them was kind of like the Linway, uh, the Ray Theater. So, are people like going up to the counter and getting like popcorn and like nachos and bringing them back to their seat? Or is this like, is everyone like too serious for that?
1: No. Well, at the one that's like a movie theater, of course you can. But the one that was a school, like it's a little bit nicer. So, they had like pizza that you could just eat by a sli- by the slice in the lobby, but they were Telling people, like, please don't take anything besides water into this auditorium. So, it just depended on which venue you were at, honestly. Yeah,
0: fair enough. And you said the Egyptian where you saw Scrapper was, like, the more classic uh, theater. Was Scrapper a classic movie, though?
1: Yeah. um, There's a child actress in it that I could see becoming a huge thing, or I could see it being like this is the last thing she ever does because she just doesn't care about acting. Like it could go either yeah. way. But she's basically like a 45 year old in a girl's body. And it really works because the premise of the movie's super sad. She she's lost her mom. She's a smart ass little English girl living in London. And she's just like making ends meet on her own at twelve years old. <laughs> um so for instance Like when social workers call, she makes this conversation with them using her voice recorder on her phone. She pays the guy at like the gas convenient mart like five quid to say these series of lines. So he'll be like, yes, she's doing very good in school. And so like when the social worker asks us, (laughs) so how's little Georgie doing in school? yes she's doing very good in school and so she has like it, it's just like a bunch of those things plus she's a scrapper so she's like stealing bikes and oh. uh putting together like little metal bits for money on the side as well
0: oh like a metal scrapper? <clears throat> okay i see what yeah you're
1: saying. it's mostly just uh, the bikes but yeah
0: i got it i gotta be honest this has like the least impressive IMDb of like any of these that I've seen? Did it seem like a little bit lower budget than the other ones or was it like, yes. up there? Yeah, okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. For sure. And <clears throat> definitely lower budget and the director writer Charlotte Regan. She came up there and she had for my ear pretty hard to understand English accent. Like s- smack dab of London and yeah. I know there's maybe not to get excited about yet on IMDB about this, but I would say the main theme song is a street song for this. And if you're a listener, spoilers. That's why you guys saw this. It's one of the songs that we've used the beat for in trivia in the past, so it made me so happy to hear.
0: Yeah. You guys are going to see a touching piece on a serious disease that affects millions of people. Uh, and you said, no, there, there's a street song in this movie. Let's drive across town. No.
1: <laughs> That's
0: it. Turn the page on the day. Walk away. Cause they're sensing what I say. I'm 45th generation Roman, but I don't know him more care when I'm spitting. So return to your sitting position and listen. It's fitting uh
1: you know what to be fair they never mention why the mom passes away that's kind of happened in the past but um her dad who she's v- unfamiliar with is attempting to get back into the picture and that's what the drama of the movie is all about Was it,
0: um close to any waterworks for you did you come close to crying at this one at all it seems a little emotional you're a dad
1: yeah i was pretty good at detaching myself because <laughs> i don't know when you're in park city and there's so much going around you and it's a packed theater i think there's other things you can kind of focus on in the moment but yeah definitely well written um i think it'll probably be bring tears to most people's eyes for sure did you
0: did you ask a question at any of these did you make it up to the mic no. or raise
1: your hand no no, took it no in. yeah i usually try to formulate a question.
0: Josh from mind. Spoilers
1: Podcast. <laughs> no.
0: <laughs> Next up, uh, this looks like a 6.30 day two. I think one of the last ones you saw there. The deepest breath. It looks like a Subnautica game poster and looks terrifying. Um, what's is it a diver it looks like? Why do you say it looks terrifying? Because <laughs> it's just, dude. I mean, I don't know. It's got I'll, I'll describe the poster to the audience at home. We're like below a diver, and it is dark. <laughs> it is deep, and all you can see is like the hole at the top. I forget like what the word is for like the fear of like the deep ocean or whatever. But this is extremely triggering to that. Just the just
1: Brett the would hate this. <laughs> I think is this is hole? one of the ones where I I, I think I want to get into some spoilers directly. Here. Please, happy. Yeah,
0: let's do it. This is production company A24, by the way. Is that? Yeah, true? they helped
1: out. I, I think they helped get it across the finish line. Um, they're not, this isn't like one of those movies with like a twist or anything. This is a documentary. Ooh. Yeah, this is a real thing that happened to a couple of people. And the whole movie takes place on interviews or like found footage and footage from dives. But the two people that this movie is about is Alessia and Steven. And I forget if it's Alessia or Alicia. I feel like I'm saying that wrong. What sounds better to you, Pat? Alicia, Alicia. Yeah. So Alicia is a start following her from like a very young age and she just kind of falls in love with the water She realizes that she's, like, really good at these underwater swimming competitions where you go, like, back and forth lengths of the pool just in one breath. These are the water
0: knobby from Way of the Water.
1: (laughs) (laughs) She's competing with, like, men and women way older than her. She has a role model who's, like, the Italian um, record holder. And long story short, she, in the main course of the movie, is attempting to go for the world record dive of just depth, straight down in an
0: ocean. No, did she have a scuba thing or no? She's holding (laughs) her breath?
1: It all takes place in one breath. So the (laughs) first shot of the movie is her attempting this dive and it's the entire clip. And so she takes these last gasping breaths at the top of the surface (laughs) and goes down. And she's on this rope, so she's upside down. She's just grabbing it hand over hand and pulling. And the further she gets down, the more like the poles send her kind of like gliding and flying. She's really smooth, really calm, really relaxed. Gets to the bottom. It turns out I think this depth is like 112 meters at this point that she's going for. She grabs this tag, sticks it on her leg as proof that she made it and starts going up. And so, up, now she's got her feet kicking a little more. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it is like four and a half minutes or something that this all takes place, right? One continuous shot. So she's going up and the, the light is crazy in this too. It's like this gradient where when you're down at the tags, it's like basically black. And as she's going slowly up, it starts getting lighter and bluer and a little more colorful and She gets up to about halfway up and there's a safety diver and he starts, he's also not got a scuba tank on, and I'll explain this later. He's just another free diver. And he starts swimming up beside her, just like looking at her face and swimming up while she pulls herself up. And she gets about three fourths of the way up and there's another safety diver and he's just watching her face and they're all three kind of going up. And at about 10 meters to go, her hand just kind of stops and she totally lets go of the rope and she like jerks mm. a couple times. Uh. And the safety divers grab her by like the neck and head and force her up to the surface. The camera breaks the surface. And we see this woman's like gagging for breath, not breathing, and her eyes just like bugged out of her head, head bobbling blah. blah, blah. Somebody goes down to give her CPR. And it like smash cuts to like this big shot of the open ocean and it says the deepest breath. Let's fucking go. It's like, holy shit. That's amazing. And that one deserved an applause. Like I, I wasn't loath to give that title sequence to. Oh, so you're clapping in the middle of, of a
0: movie, like you're seeing something for that happen. one. Yeah,
1: yeah. For yeah. that one, I did. Okay. For everything else, it's like, here's the director, clap, clap, clap. Here's the producer, blah, blah, blah. Here's the second line producer, clap, clap, clap. Here's this, like, you know what I mean? It's like a, mm-hmm. it, and it's cool, and they deserve their moment, but you get a little fatigued by the end of it, and. Honestly, uh, well, I'll get to a little bit more here. So the woman in question there, that's Alicia. And the counterpoint to her um, two people's lives who eventually intertwine is Stephen. He's Irish and he's just kind of like uh adrenaline junkie sort of guy. He okay. he like moves to Africa to find gorillas in the Congo uh he does a lot of scuba diving and he eventually you know his travels find him in the free diving world right it, adventure
0: some... jack of all trades a journeyman yes adventure yes. yeah yeah do a little bit of this, a little
1: and, bit of that and he seems to find a love eventually with this free diving thing and he's not as competitive as alicia but he loves it and he gets into the safety side of it so like i said earlier when she's going up and those safety divers are like meeting her at certain points that guy that went down the furthest and met her at halfway that's actually steven you find out later right Mm. and so he he like works that's his like job at the point that they meet and that moment that they show at the beginning of the movie actually isn't the end no one dies there they successfully like resuscitate her she like fucking dives again the next day still going for this record like these people are relentless pap
0: is it is there any like kind of like i'm picturing like a red bull type event is this just some person attempting this record kind of on her own does she have a big entourage with her or is this like for the sake of the film that's being produced type thing
1: you know what i mean no um, they're definitely events um but they're pretty small ish okay like four or five divers there's one of her main competitors was another Italian woman. Another was a Japanese woman who's like kind of kicking her ass at the end a little bit. And mm-hmm. so you got, you got a couple different characters and there's like a little crowd. And one thing that's interesting is like when they come up to the surface on a completed dive, they either get a white, yellow or red card. A white means that they did everything clearly and cleanly they have the tag they showed no signs of like wooziness (laughs) right yeah yeah, so, so that time where she passed out obviously that's a red and a yellow is in between somewhere where maybe their eyes roll back in their head or they can't find the rope at the top for too long because they're like out of it if that makes sense. So there's mm. definitely like rules to this competition and a following. Um Every once in a while, they show like a news clip, like Alicia, blah, 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 breaks Italian world record. Um She's on a few talk shows and stuff. But, you know, as far as like American dudes, you and I haven't like, like you don't know who these people are. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they're still professional athletes in their realm
1: and it's amazing what they do of course and Mm -hmm. here's here's the final spoiler if people want to go ahead and click ahead a couple 30 seconds steven towards the end of the movie is the one that actually ends up dying Um, whoa
0: on a dive
1: yeah and he's does it saving alicia too so (gasps) she barely survives and has to be resuscitated but he's like face down and like too far do they show
0: like him dead like
1: uh they don't show his body like that but they do show like this one final picture so there's There's scuba divers that are at different points in these dives too. But the scuba Mm. divers, their lungs are working. And if they just like started surfacing quickly, they would get the bends and possibly die as well. But even Mm. more to the point, they're not very fast. They're like a tank with all their gear and kind of like, they're just like sitting there um, motionless in the water, kind of getting footage. So if they were to swim anywhere, they'd be like, going from a dead stop whereas the free divers are using all this momentum and kind of springing around everywhere hmm. so it really depends on the free divers to save the other free divers that are going for the records and there's this final shot of Steven it, alicia came down and she like missed the checkpoint for the rope started going the wrong way and he was a little late finding her and started like pushing her up and towards the surface and that's like the last shot you can see him like guiding her damn um, Yeah. so
0: okay let me ask this uh, one more practical question is this the kind of documentary where it goes into like exactly what happens when you have the bends you know what i mean like is this like a does it cut to like a mr dna like a dino dna and shows you like this is what your brain's doing or is it like is there a talking no. head that explains that or is it just kind of assume you know what i mean that
1: you would um uh, uh, i think One of the, no one gets the bends in this because the scuba divers are like the safe ones, right? They're down there just breathing. Yeah, okay. And and one of the actual scuba divers that like took that final picture, she just said something like, it's frustrating that as a scuba diver there wasn't more I could do because of the restrictions of this. Like Mm -hmm. something right in conversation, but it wasn't. No, there wasn't the whole aside of like, an arrow that points to scuba diver. They have this much air and can stay down for this long. This is where they will be. Beep, beep, beep. It was far more fluid and um, footage driven than that. Second thing, Stephen's
0: death. Is the documentary, like, calling this death out as a tragedy or like a potential safety failure or just like an inherent risk, right? Because, I mean, that's like a pretty fucking dramatic thing to happen in any sporting event, right? Like, you know, Damar Hamlin yeah. gets hit in the chest and people like want to shut down the NFL. This dude is, a, is like a ref dying, you know, trying to save a player yeah. in a game. It's crazy.
1: Well, his dad was the person that attended the Q&A along with the oh, filmmaker. Oh my God, dude. So this that was another. Tragic. Yeah. That, was a, that was a time where like great applause felt right. And all yeah. the other applause we were giving felt oof, <laughs> kind of, like, wasted in comparison. Mm-hmm. But I, I would say, and maybe this is a little bit of a critique, Pat. The movie places the death more along the lines of a tragedy of, like, love. Like, him and Alicia were had a budding relationship. They were both oh. single and kind of, like, together at the time. Mm. Um, Situationship. You know, I think she's since... Yeah, I think she's since, like, moved on, and it's, like, several, three, five years ago that this happened. But, like, I do wish there's a little bit more... I really wondered, Pap, like, it's one thing for Alicia to be risking her own life, um, and that's that's terrible, and hopefully she's can be safe and do what she loves to do, but i feel like after someone else that you maybe possibly love died trying to save you in the sport it seems like you would slow down or would change your course a little bit and it's not what Steven would want bro dude she's going she's gone like 17 more feet or meters since then like extended her record not, sl- not- yeah insane <laughs> <laughs> that sounds terrifying
0: uh the Deepest Breath, again, the name of that documentary. I want to see that one. That's getting my palm de papi of most anticipated. Um, the last one that you had was actually I think this is one of the first ones that you saw or the first one of the last day or I'm not 100% no, sure. No, last one. Last, last one. Last one I saw. Last day. This looks like it's listed in Redstone cinemas. Yep. Eileen? And this added Anne Hathaway, right? So maybe like the biggest yeah. star power that we had. Was she in the building for the screening?
1: She was not in the building. She was at the premiere premiere, but I think this was the second showing mm. of this. But dang, am I glad that this was on our short list. We didn't get to see... I wish we got to see so many more films while we were there and could just pack them in. It just doesn't really work like that. But man, I'm so thankful I got to see this one, Pap. This is my palm the josh (laughs) award eileen it was a little bit divisive among the group of people we went to two of the people didn't like it that much they thought this wasn't necessarily um anne hathaway's best role her best type of performance and me and another person really liked it and thought it was our favorite movie of the week so um Mm. I don't know. I feel like you can tell that I'm smiling while I'm talking about this right now because it was a really good memory seeing this in theater. This is actually
0: got like a insanely high IMDB rating right now. So if you're not familiar with that, IMDB kind of has like a, a power ranking interest index. And this is number 110. Out of all of the movies on IMDb right now, which is pretty astounding, huh. I don't think there's like <laughs> a trailer out there for this. This this must just be like you know Sundance buzz, as far as I know. Um, William Oldroyd looks like he's only directed only only other feature he directed was Lady Macbeth, uh, which came out in 2016. I remember that coming out, but I don't remember anything from it. Josh, the description is a woman's friendship with a new coworker at the prison facility where she works takes a sinister turn. What, what's the general tone of this? Because that doesn't tell me a lot. Is this
1: thriller, yeah. comedy? Thomas and Mackenzie, it's it's her vehicle, right? She's 24-year-old, okay. just got back from college. Um, and I think you need to know that because the tone is through her eyes and she has like Violent thoughts that surface a couple times, and she has very sexual thoughts that surface often. Uh, this is kind of an uncomfortable movie to watch with coworkers at be- <laughs> the beginning because it had a couple sh- times where she starts like to touch herself, sort of thing. Um, like one time, you know, where like people go parking and they like make yeah. out. Well, she mm-hmm. goes and parks just to watch other people parking. Oh, um, solo makeout point. So that's, does that give a good, it, it's dark, right? It's like 1950s or 60s, like, but a gritty look. Um, seems like there's a lot of people who are really bad alcoholics and abusive domestic problems sort of thing.
0: Very rated R movie is what you're yeah.
1: saying. Yeah, yeah.
0: But your palm to josh what made it win that like why was this the best
1: here's another moment where people might want to jump forward 15 seconds if you don't want to hear a spoilers on spoilers there's this moment where anne hathaway levels with our main character who's like shy. She's invited to Anne Hathaway's house and Anne Hathaway seems kind of like over the top eccentric, like kind of babbling. And all of a sudden Anne Hathaway like leans down and whispers to her, this isn't my house. This is the Polk's house. And I got Mrs. Polk tied up downstairs. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, uh, man, I just totally dropped a spo- ah. it's I fine. I hope people fast forward. Is it fine? Okay. People will like, remember.
0: Like what you're saying, though, it sounds like this is gonna have like a multiple Oscar nomination type movie. I don't like, like performances. Mm,
1: I don't know. It feels more like an edgy, experiential film it's kind of like shocking and gritty more than like mm, oscar award winning necessarily like i get more vibes of like tarantino than i do like scorsese or something like that i want to explain the spoiler though a little bit more pap so if you if you're trying to skip the spoilers keep skipping along keep going blah blah blop, blop skip it up thomas and Mackenzie, she's Eileen, the main character. She sees like this one good looking boy and that's in the penitentiary and he's very mysterious and he's very quiet. His name's Lee Poke, and Anne Hathaway is the new um, psychiatrist at the prison ward and she seems to take a special interest in Lee and Eileen goes through ways of thinking like Lee is just fucked up lee is misunderstood lee is really cute lee is not cute Lee, is, you know what i mean like mm-hmm. all of the waves yeah yeah and so it turns out that um lee's crime was killing his dad in his sleep like stabbing him in the face to death <laughs> and anne hathaway finds out that it's because he had been raping his son jeez like every like every night
0: it seems like a very uncomfortable co-worker movie
1: yeah <laughs> <You know what? laughs> and the mom who uh she ends up tying up in the basement is like had like gone through painstaking means to like make sure that the dad like could do that every night mm-hmm. i don't want to get into the details of that but the movie does and it's terrible there's just like a moment in this movie where everything kind of flips on its head and it's a great feeling. And this is the only movie I think we saw that was shot on actual film. It's a time period piece. I, I absolutely loved it. Pap, and it's the definite future spoilers. Like we'll do a full movie on this. Um, if nothing else, cause I just want to pick this at some point. I
0: hope so. Only 97 minutes too. That's pretty short and based on a pre-existing. Novel, yeah, I like it so that the, the winner of the palm did Josh. Any final uh Sundance Film Festival thoughts from you? I, 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 I gotta say, Aline and The Deepest Breath got me super excited from this list that we just went over, and Theater Camp also sounds pretty funny. Um, anything else I'm missing?
1: I agree. I mean, I think, um true movie lovers will probably do their due diligence and flip through some of the other movies that we didn't get to see at Sundance because I know there are a lot of other good ones too. This is obviously a very incomplete list just what I randomly... saw. saw. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I hope you enjoyed this kind of makeshift uh, episode that we threw together and Pat, thanks for being curious and asking all your questions. I hope I had the right answers for you.
0: Well, if you'd like to send more spoiler men to Sundance. You subscribe yes. <laughs> to our Patreon, which Spoiler Man will tell you, now how to, tell you how to do. Please take it away, Spoiler Man.
1: If you'd like to request an episode, hear your name read by Spoiler Man, or even just help us make podcasts, please check us out on Spoilers spoilerspodcast. Special
0: thank you to our patrons. Druid King. Eileen is a very, very, very complicated um, person. Matt Troll. Felt like a, a story that I had never seen told in a movie before. And Nick. I mean, I, I wanted to see it. The Meg. The urges that she has haven't been paid enough attention to. Brother Brian. The writing was at such an extraordinarily high level.
1: Nurse Stacy.
0: You know, she's quite a dark person, so I hesitate saying that I relate to her.
1: The Wolf.
0: What you both created, it was acrobatic (laughs) in its poetry. And David. I didn't notice until we were on set that she's a serial monologuer. Barky 420. I mean, I'm still tickled by her, if I'm completely honest. I think she's really a lot of fun. Davey Kerr. I think it was like, Total movie recall. And I didn't feel like, I I felt like I got so many of the answers in the book.
1: Spencer.
0: The concept of a character being something so fixed and rigid and possessed by a single person, it's, it's not really resonating with me right now. P.K. Like this, Like look at this, this is incredible.
1: That was spoilers.